Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hey, this is Dali, and you're listening to the Fear the Sword podcast. Hey, welcome to The Bottom, a Fear the Sword podcast. I'm Chris Manning, your host, well, kind of host. Uh, joining me today, as always, is David Zavok from fearthesword.com. David, what's going on, buddy? Hey, not a whole lot. How are you? I'm good. Uh, we just wrapped up media day today. Um, we're recording this a couple hours after. It was, as I told David before we started recording, a pretty brisk media day. Um, I would say, you know, normally it's kind of a long process. It started like 1230. I was out of there by like 430. Um, probably could have left it a little bit earlier, but I just kind of like, you know, talked with uh, friends of the pod, friends of the site, Jeff uh Greg Schwartz and uh, Spencer Davies chatted with them a little bit, chatted with um, some other folks kind of in the media scene there, which was, was good to just kind of see some people I hadn't seen in a while. Um, really miss, if you listen to this, Alex Hooper, please come back. I, I quite miss having you around. You're a good dude. But um, Funny Greg Schwartz story, by the way, real quick. I don't think he would mind me telling the story. That's good. Just but, do it. Um, he's from Northwest Ohio. And I knew that his wife was like pregnant because I had covered a game and we were kind of talking about it. Our wives were pregnant, pregnant at the same time. And I like work in Toledo and I was uh, <laughs> driving through like kind of one of the like main hospitals in Toledo is not in like a great area of town. And one of part of my job is trying to help those areas. And I was driving through the neighborhood with somebody else like while I was working and um, just driving down the road and I'm kind of looking out at the different you know houses and because part of what we're trying to do is is rehab houses and I just see Greg Swartz like aimlessly wandering around um, and and I didn't know it was it was him and I wasn't gonna like yell out the window um, like Greg what's going on it turns out his wife had had delivered um, in that hospital and he was making a food run but um, it it will always be funny to me just seeing him walk around Toledo and like oh and then like what do you even say to the people you're with like oh I know that guy from that thing but anyway I like Greg yeah I like Greg too um we t- we also we were talking today um uh, well we we're talking about just kind of how he only gets to come in every so often because he just come in from Toledo and I just distinctly remember like talking to him in the the bottom of the arena like two years ago and him being like yeah I'm plotting I'm like getting a Mountain Dew and I'm plotting like when I'm gonna stop for Arby's on the way home so like shots to Greg Schwartz I I, re- I respect I respect the hustle of driving in for, for like two hours and and doing that um okay David why don't you set us up here you're gonna we're gonna flip roles here you're gonna yeah, lead I mean, this like, discussion. You were, you were there, so I want to hear what you thought about what you saw today. Um, this is like 
I would say a different vibe um, from last year because last year was sort of an in-between. Um, there were still, like the Cavs were still trying to say that they were um, not rebuilding, but they were um, like retooling. I don't remember the exact verbiage that they used, but um, I think people are a little more clear about the fact that young players are actually going to get opportunities this year. And also, I mean, um, I think if you're looking for help from Kevin Love or even Tristan Thompson, they had a full summer. So I, I think there's like, I don't think anybody thinks that this is like a very good team, but I also think um, it's fair for people to um, have had some fun or, or to have looked for things to go well or, or looking forward to the season. It makes a little bit more sense than a year coming off of losing LeBron James. So um, I'm kind of curious to see uh, how you think it went. So um, I'll start with this. I saw Tristan Thompson say that even though last year— It's very on brand for you to talk about Tristan Thompson first, by the way. Well, I just, well, just want to say, like, I'm just yeah. glad I'm glad we're sticking with, like, being on brand here. I'm good. I'm happy about this. <laughs> there's, uh, there's no doubt about that. Um, but I think you'll see where I'm going. Um, he said that even though the team was not very good— um, it was still kind of like a fun year last year. Like the, the atmosphere and the mood. I don't, yeah, I'm, I'm going to call bullshit on that. Just, just, okay, so, yeah. just, so, just because like having being in the locker room last year, the guy that I will use to like say that kind of explain this is Larry Nance Jr. So Larry Nance Jr. I think by nature is kind of a happy, upbeat guy. He, he likes to goof around. He likes to play video games. Like he's not like a serious guy. By the time we got to like the seventy game mark last year, I found that Larry was um, a little bit kind of more sullen, um, you know, a little bit more serious. I think that amount of losing and just how just orderly everything felt last year, um, I, I think that takes a toll. The dude was he was the 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 first player to speak today after Coach Beeline. He was smiley. He was jokey. He was um, giving longer answers than he did last year. I don't dispute that there were like moments that worked for those guys last year but i don't like i don't buy that that was a fun season for anybody i i think that's like a way to spin it i i i get i don't think you're ever gonna i don't think guys are ever really gonna come out and say most guys are not gonna come out and say yeah that sucked last year um i don't really buy what you're saying i i felt that like this was a group that Compared to the last couple media days like this was probably the best overall vibe since like I've been being able to go because of just being in living back in the area. Um, but like this was like more a beat than like the year Derrick Rose, which was like at Cavs media day because he was <laughs> on the team. That was weird. And it was definitely, I think, a little more um, upbeat last year. I, I think this had a more positive vibe, but I don't buy that like last year was quote unquote fun for anybody. Like Larry Drew was like, yeah, I don't know if I want to coach ever again. Yeah. Like, come on, like Tristan, just I'm calling shenanigans on that. Fair enough. Okay, so so now that we have that, that it, it really wasn't fun last year, I think his point was, and I think that it matters given some of the stuff that, you know, maybe it was J.R. Smith, maybe it wasn't, was saying last year, like, you know, I think it is an endorsement of somebody like Colin Sexton, right? That, and, and definitely, and I mean, Chetty Osmond to a certain extent, like, I think the guys last year, even if they didn't want to win or lose, they're at least coming into this season feeling like, okay, Colin Sexton's a guy that I know is going to work. Or, you know, I know that Chetty Osmond's going to have the best possible attitude. 
Um, so I'm curious to see, A, like kind of like you said, like how long will that last, especially if they're not getting good results. Um, but also, I mean, how will Darius Garland fit into that? How will um, Kevin Porter Jr. fit into that? So um, what did you hear from, from Darius Garland today? Because he's he's kind of like the biggest hope that I think we have right now. I quite liked what Darius had to say. So I find him and Colin, um, to use like a very obvious cliche, I find them to actually be like actually yin yang. Colin's a little more like serious. Like I get like um, having covered football in college and stuff and, and whatnot, like Colin talks much more like a standard football player than a basketball player. Like he just sort of like talks in cliches and he's sort of just sort of like doesn't always speak in full sentences. Darius is a little more bright. He's a little more, like, um, bubbly. He's a little more gregarious. Like, I don't, you know, I think he's still kind of got, like, I think they're similar in the sense they both talk about process and, and, like, attitude and stuff like that that all really, I think, matters, and they both seem to really believe in that, or at least, like, that's how they're presenting what kind of they're doing. Um, I don't feel like I know either of them well enough to really say, like, how genuine that is. I think Kyle and I have a better read on it, but... um, I think Darius is just, he comes in, I thought he was, you know, pretty, um, pretty fun. You know, he, I asked him a question about like playing Colin in high school and he didn't like get defensive about it. He just kind of smirked and was like, he dropped a a smooth 30 on me and and beat us and like was just kind of having fun with the whole thing. He seemed to be really enjoy the process. Um, you know, and he, and he had this quote that I, that I wrote up in my, in my piece that but for the sorts, I'll just read it. Um, quote, I don't think there's any expectations for us. I don't do that for myself. I'm coming into the season just to learn and play really well, of course, get some wins, play really hard every day. I'm here. I'm here to learn things from Coach Beeline, from guys like Colin, Tristan, Larry, K-Love. They're going to teach me a lot, so I'm just going to soak it all in. I think Darius, if you're looking at someone to just be um, kind of a fun part of the team, to be someone that is going to, um, you know, kind of be a fun personality I think he's going to be that I think he's going to be just kind of a a fun guy that's going to be a little more maybe lighthearted than Colin he also got a lot of praise from just about everybody and of note I you know I I know that the we've talked a lot about who's going to play make with them really smart draft to have written about that who's going to play make on this team by my account every guy who got asked about it Delhi kind of punted on the question because he hasn't really played with him much but everyone kind of praised his playmaking and his ability to see the court um so if you're talking about like a guy who had a good day on media day and kind of won the day I think for me Darius is probably in my top two to three so uh did anybody ask like about his health is he feeling good you know no that that's a failure I think on on myself in the press court all um I talk when I talk to um, people in the organization kind of in the last couple weeks, I have heard nothing that would indicate that like he's going to be slowed down. Like, so I don't have a, I don't have a reason to believe that there's anything super, like, I think he's good. And he looks like muscle, like Colin kind of won the day in terms of like appearance. Cause he looked jacked. Like he looked like he, he, he looks like a cornerback right now. Like he's got just like <laughs> a, a big, strong build going on. Um, I He'd think, probably be really good at that. I'm just, yeah, like, like if Denzel Ward misses another guy, let's give Colin, like, five snaps. Like, why not? Um, I mean, probably not. That could go really badly. But um, I, Darius looks like he's, like, thinner than I remember him being. Like, he looks, like, a little leaned out. Um, he looks to be, like, physically kind of in, in better shape than, than he was, like, maybe at the draft. So. All right. I mean, so, what? I mean, and I think you, I think... I think Carter pointed it out 
I mean, he said he wants to learn from, you know, Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet. And that was that might have been. I think that was that was Sexton. We can we'll get to right. that. That yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that's, I mean, that's phenomenal. That's, that's like, the exact answer you'd want to hear from Colin, I think. Like, those are the kind of guys that if you're going to, like, say, like, identify good defenders. Um, like, I distinctly remember being in the locker room, like, very early last year. Um, Kevin hadn't, it might have been the first or second game. They lost really bad. Um, Kevin got asked by someone, like, how Colin compares to Russ. And Kevin's like very different players. Like he gave the correct answer to that kind of silly question, silly absurd question. Um, But like that's like the kind of thing where like if you if there was like the type of archetype of defender that Colin was last year, it was like gambling, reckless gambler, um, kind of wild man. If he's saying like I'm gonna like be strong and like be Van Vliet and be Lowry, who just like are strong, smart, capable dudes and I'm going to, like, body guys, and I'm going to be pesky and annoying and do that stuff, that's, like, really good. And, like, I need to see it for, like, 50 games before I buy it because he was atrocious last year. But, like, if you're going to see him, like, drop, like, Lowry and Fred Van Vliet and not be, like, Chris Paul or whatever, that's freaking awesome. Like, that's, like, media day is so much for me just about, like, pander to me and, like, sell me things, and then we'll see if you can cash these checks later on. That's a great. That's a great media day thing for him to say and be like, "Yeah, I want to defend like Lowry and and Fev." Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna be honest. Like, I have zero expectations for Darius Garland. <laughs> oh yeah, I have. I have none. I have. I have like, I don't, none. I don't care. Like, if he makes forty percent of his threes and is like, I saw somebody like on two K or something. They have him rated as being one of the fastest players in the NBA, like Garland. Like, I don't feel like I knew that. Like, if, if he's really that quick and can that get means, a shot off. That means him and Sexton are, like, burners, if that's the case. Yeah, which, like, sweet. But, like, um, and maybe that's true. And maybe that's why he's, you know, been a big-time prospect for years. Um, but, like, I'm really, with Garland, I just want to see that his offensive game is for real. Um, and I want to see how he handles losing. And I want to see, like like you said, the playmaking, I think, is a big deal, too. So, um, But in terms of, like, do I need him to, like, I mean, it'd be nice if he cares about defense, but I, it's, I mean, he's just not there yet. But, Colin, you would like to start to see, um, you know, some steps forward. Um, did, is there any sense of, of who's going to start between, uh, Larry Nance or Tristan Thompson? Uh, the little poking around I did in that, I would guess that it's going to be... I think the clubhouse leader right now would be Tristan. Um, I thought it was like notable. I don't want to read too much into this, but I thought it was notable that... like So there was only a certain number of players that were made available today. Okay. Um, not everyone was at the podium. Like, uh, And I'll, I'll read you the list. So it was Love, Tristan, Darius, Delhi. Colin Sexton, Jetty, Nance, and Clarkson. So no John Henson. And I, and I don't want to say that, like, that tells you that John Henson is, like, out of the rotation, yada, yada, yada. But when I look at that, I say, okay, like, that maybe means something. Um, but I also would just say, like, everyone, Kevin, Beeline, um, everyone kind of was, like, we're going to learn a lot about this team in the next month. Like, I, I think this is a group and an under Beeline um, as he's kind of figuring things out and gets to know these guys better and gets to kind of f- f- 
tweak, make his tweaks and make and kind of figure out what he wants, you know, I think that's where we get a better idea of who's actually going to kind of, you know, kind of be that. Um, I, I just don't know. You know, I don't know. If, I think it's a little early. I think this is one of those teams where, like, the only clear – I think, like, the only two guys that I would say are, like, lock locks from day one would probably be Sexton and Love. I would say Garland, in my book, like, should be someone who starts as well. Um, I just don't know that yet, you know? I just don't know – if that's the case, and I, I think if it was up to me, I think Jetty's in there too, and I think Tristan would be there too. Uh, but I, I think we need again. I think we need to kind of see. We need to see some stuff unfold, and we're gonna. I mean, I think they have practice on Tuesday, open to the media. I think we'll get our first crack, like as we get in the good look. They have a preseason game in a week. They play a international preseason game in like a week, so like we're gonna learn something pretty soon here. Which something Beeline kind of said was gonna be an adjustment for him too. Yeah, I mean, things things go quick now, right? I mean, like I got, you know, the email from the Cavs in terms of like, you know, there's a, a media availability tomorrow because they're practicing. I mean, this is, the season's going now. We're back. Um, what were you going to say? We're back, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a full go. Um, I think there's also kind of a question mark at small forward. Who, I mean, uh, you know, it, it's it's possible that Garland and Sexton wouldn't start together, but um, you know, do you think Shetty Osman is is in the running there? Dylan Windler's out, obviously out for a little while. Uh, who do you think is in the lead there? So, I feel like Jetty has to be third year guy. Um, fits the beeline profile of a player like more than anybody else, you know. Um, Um, yeah, you know, I, I think it would have to be him, right? Like, I know there's that photo that, like, people saw with, like, the five guys was, like, Garland, Sexton, KPJ, Love, and Tristan, I think. But, like, I can't imagine starting Kevin Porter Jr. as, like, a normal thing to do on day one. I, I cannot believe that that would Right? Like, can you just imagine being like, okay, Kevin, like... Kevin, whom I like, and I had a very, I had a really fun time talking to him like a week ago. Um, very like guy that I, like I think I'm going to enjoy as a human being. Um, even though he compared Seattle to Cleveland, which is just like, come on, like I know you're trying to pander to me a little bit or something, but like that's just, <laughs> that's just like that's wrong. I haven't even been to Seattle. I know that's wrong, but like I cannot imagine like the, even if they like believe Kevin can be like a average to plus defender in two to three years or whatever. Um, I, like, just can't imagine that, like, they think the best way to get him started is to do that to him and be like, hey, um, it's opening night. You're going to defend whomever the starting three is for, for, like, the Indiana Pacers or whatever, you know? Um, That just seems very not optimal to me. And, like, I think we are going to just see, like, I think we're going to see a lot of tinkering this next month. That's like a, a guess that I have is that we're going to see little stuff here and there that just gets adjusted. And it's going to, there's going to be some constants, Kevin, I think being the main one, but I think everything else is subject to tinkering. Um, I saw one quote from John Beeline today. I don't remember exactly what it was. I think it might've been just something like, 
you know, wins and losses, whatever, but, you know, we're going to have a fun and special year. Um, what, what were your impressions of him? That that struck me as sort of naive. Carter uh, Rodriguez is an ageist, first of all. I'm just going to out him for that. <laughs> um, sh- sorry, Carter, you're, you're killing me with what? that, bro. Well, I saw he said he's excited <laughs> to, you know, not have to spend time recruiting, right? I love uh, that. I just, like, love that, and I, like, I don't... David, I'm going to ask, should I have asked him about this this law in California today? Should I have, like, ruined media day by asking about that? Or was I right to, like, pocket that one for another day? No, I think, like, well... I feel like I I'm going to ask okay that, like, I feel like I'm going to ask that one, like, tomorrow. Yeah, I think, that's a, I think that's a fine question to ask. I think it's important to ask um, because it, it, it is relevant to his mindset, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, in the NBA, it is a player's league. Everyone knows this. It's not. This isn't. I'm not saying anything interesting. Um, if he is smart and he's adjusting to that, he needs to say something to the effect of, um, you know, while I while I love the college game and the importance of student athletes, I do think that is a step forward that I think can help you know students, um, you know bring in an income and and help their families boom it's very easy it's not a hard it's not a hard answer for him but it might be and i think i think it would tell us how ready he is or not ready he is to bridge the divide with some of these players Um, yeah i would you know well i mean if we really want to get you know off topic with carter bringing up his age um (laughs) <laughs> you, you, you could argue that this is something they might bring up in court because they're still fi- uh, fighting off that ageism. Oh, we're not. No, we're not doing this. We're not doing okay. this one. All right, um, cut it out. Cut it out. Yeah. I, I, I mean, no, we're. I'm going to leave it in, but we're not doing this. Um, <laughs> so, like, my thing with Beelan that I think I quite liked that he really said was, um, I found him to just be like a very, I like just, I'm a sucker for process. Like, I am a sucker for, like, uh, guys who and coaches who are going to, like, talk about, like, being, um, kind of being involved and, and kind of having a vision and just sort of, like, <laughs> um, I'm laughing because of somebody David just sent in a G-chat. Um, I, I think, like, I think there's something to the idea that, like, he is going to just approach this, like, a little bit differently. Like, if you want to compare him to, like, Ty Lue, and, like, in terms of those two guys setting a thing, tied to, like, what he did um, in terms of, like, him coaching a LeBron team, and I think a little bit last year. I don't quite know the inner workings of last year quite as much. I, I just don't quite have a read of, like, how that worked. But, like, I think we, we saw Ty kind of be, like, with LeBron more laissez-faire. Like, I don't – it's not that he, like, couldn't push the right buttons when he needed to and whatever. Um, I think that – I think that Beeline is, like, going to be the opposite of that. Like, where he is going to be really involved. I think he's going to lean on – it's very clear that he's – and the team knows that he's going to lean on J.B. Bickerstaff for defense. Um, Someone called him a defensive-minded coach in a question. He was just like, are you kidding me? Like, I don't – like, he was just like – he was just like, no, like, that's not me. Like, J.B.'s that. Um, But I think with the offense, like, he's going to be a guy that's going to have and, like, really work on this and really kind of do something to, like – 
make this all sort of come together and and be that and i i like that i like that like even if like this like this could blow up in six months and i could just be like wrong and like whatever um and and have no real read on this but like i do believe that the Cavs, in hiring beeline and in kind of doing what they're doing do seem to want to have like this kind of direct um kind of cult like culture is like something i don't you know i believe it matters i don't know how i don't quite understand how it always works established in the nba versus college and whatever but i think they are trying to do that and i'm i'm in to see if that can work it's something i said i think dating back to when they hired beeline but i'm very interested to see how they can pull that off this year that to me is just one of those things that comes out of here yeah i mean it's, it's kind of weird where they have this new coach it's an off the you know it's a it's a different sort of pick and he's not getting a ton of attention. And, I mean, I think um, in a way that's a good thing. Um, but, you know, th- that in itself speaks to the fact that it's a player's league, right? So um, I- I'm-, I'm curious to see how it'll go. Can I, can, uh, I, um, can I ask you something real quick? Yeah. Okay, so uh, to me the most interesting question of the day, the most interesting answer of the day, I should say, um, was from Kevin Love. So Kevin was – I don't have it fully transcribed yet. I'm going to tweet this out when I get around to doing that, which hopefully will be Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, but Kevin was, like, asked about, like, his role and stuff like that and basically was like, I have to find the balance and work. And there is a balance to being, like, really selfish and kind of inserting myself because I know I'm so capable of really great things versus like doing all the little stuff the team needs me to do to me if you're looking at dynamics that will shape the cap season um you know i think beeline with the players will be one i think darius and colin are going to be one the how does kevin love fit into this especially if he's you know as long as he's around and he definitely i think kind of was like i don't the kind of we're not going to talk about trade rumors with him until unless like they happen i would guess but um if slash when they happen he just they all were just like yeah it is what it is um I think that like Kevin being trying to push himself and like be kind of the guy versus him kind of taking the step back and like when he takes a step back and to support other guys will be one of the interesting really little wrinkles and kind of through lines of this season. Yeah, and you know, do you agree with that? I guess is my question because I said I was going to ask you something. Yeah, no, I think. Um... I think it's interesting that he said that. I think if anybody would understand that, it's him because he's done all of the sacrifices. He, he said that. Um, um, I should I should add that he was just like I've sacrificed a lot, and it, he did not strike me as a dude who's like I'm gonna like spot up and shoot threes again. No, <laughs> for these two young guards, like like I just don't think that's gonna happen. Right, and so I think you know he's sending that message, and I think it's completely fair. Um, and he probably also feels like he needs to. Um, I don't want to say that he it's, it's his way. I think there are a couple things that need to happen for him to have trade value. One is he can't be sacrificing. He has to show that he is like a legitimate first or second option and that he can impose his will on a game, right? So maybe not a first option, but like somebody who can take over basketball games. He needs to reassert himself in the NBA as someone who can do that. Um, and he also needs to like come in and be a good guy and be bought in and stay healthy and show that he's like 
can can help the young guys, right? So in order to get traded to a contender, he has to thread the needle. Like he has to be a really good player. He has to be available and he has to he can't be like requesting the trade right now, right? So um, I'm not saying he wants to be traded. I don't know what he wants or, or what he doesn't want. I'm sure he's fine with the challenge of Cleveland right now. Um, but I think he wants to put himself in a position where in January teams are interested in him because if the Cavs are 10 and 30 or, uh, you know, in that neighborhood, you know, you know, he doesn't want to get blamed for it, but he also wants, you know, teams to be calling and, and, and be interested. So, um, you know, that's why that's that kind of goes back to the beginning where I said, you know, nobody even, you know, where we started last year, where people were sort of whispering about Colin not being very fun to play with. I didn't get any of that today. And I think that matters because some of the guys that I think the Cavs would like to play their way into trade value are coming into camp with the right mindset. I think you're right to say, well, when they start losing, who knows? Um, but I think I think Kevin and Tristan are are going to come healthy and motivated, um, and they're going to want to play really good basketball. Um, what that means, I, I don't know, but um, but I think it bodes well for Cavs fans. Yeah, I would say I come away from this. Um, you know, I I'm in the I would say you and I are in our collective kind of Cavs Twitter grouping we're all more interested in this group than like the general public you know I, I think that's just a fact of all of this i think this group is more interesting than a lot of other bad teams i think there's just a lot going on here that i don't know quite what to make of and i i think that's quite interesting to kind of think about i have no idea if kevin porter jr can play basketball or not i have no idea if dylan windler can play basketball or not i know that darius garland was a legitimate prospect and i know that colin sexton played pretty well in the last third of the season now i've also seen um you know Deion waiters play really well for a third of a, of a basketball season but it makes it interesting so i 100 agree Anything else that kind of came across your Twitter timeline today? Um, anything else? I think we've hit some of the bigger stuff that's happened, but has anything for you, um, anything else come up? Anything else kind of pop up to you that you're like, oh, I, I need to make sure we touch on that? Hmm. It's a very broad day. That's that's one of the things here. Yeah, I mean, what did you think? Um, well, I don't want to ask you about. Ask me whatever. You... Well, I mean, like, do you think um, the energy around the team, covering the team, um, you know, last year it seemed like, you know, even the media was was half interested. Um, do you think this will be like a strong beat? Do you think this will be, um, you know, people excited to cover this team? Um, and do you think that they're ready to, to make up for, you know, the loss of, of Fred McLeod? The Fred Mc... guy, and I'll say this, I mean, one, we, we didn't really do a, a podcast about Fred McLeod, um, but one of the most respectable things oh, said was that he would ask questions um, in press conferences and, and post-game 
pregame. I mean, he really he carried a lot of of a lot of the media. I mean, even when this was like, you know, even when Dave McMenamin, Chris Haynes, Jason Lloyd were covering this team day to day, Fred McLeod was, you know, leading things. So do you feel like there's going to be, you know, enough energy to, to sort of get information out and the right information? So I, th- I think there will be. Um, part of that is because I'm going to just be slightly cocky and say I'm going to do a better job this year. You tell me I do a good job all the time. I think I've done a bad job in the past. I think there's things I can do better. Um, to be blunt, I think there's just me being there. I'm glad the Athletic hired somebody um, that's going to be there full time and you know hopefully gives the beat attention. Um, you know hopefully you know I know there's someone Cleveland.com has more than one person that will be doing stuff there. I don't think it's just going to be Fedor, which is interesting. Um, you know, I, I do think the Fred McLeod thing is the Fred McLeod thing. There is a hole there. Um, Fred would ask a lot of questions. You know, I don't think there was not really like an Angel Gray or or Kaylee Griffin or or J, John Michael presence today. Um, I think that's kind of there. Um, I think that that hole is kind of there. I think you know, I think the TV viewer is going to feel it more. But I do think. Um, that in that sense, I do think the beat's gonna miss something. I, you know, as far as like interest in it, you know, I, I, I'm just of the opinion that like very few people get to like, um, I'll just say this: I think very few people actually get to cover NBA basketball full time. Very few people get to do it part time, whatever. Um, even if it's not your favorite thing, I think you just have to give the athletes and give the people that actually like want to read about it and think about that and do that. Like the if they want, if you got to put in the effort into it, if you're on that beat, um, I just think I so I, I just hope that more and more more people do that this year. That's all I'll say. I, I, I don't think you're wrong about last year, and I don't think you're wrong about how like a lot of people who like have a platform approached it. Um, how they viewed it without saying anything else. Like, I think that's... No, and I'm not, like, saying, like... I, mean, I don't even want to throw anybody under the no, bus. No, I don't either. You know, um... We live in, we, this, this is a very a, weird a, industry. A more and I'm empathetic team. to that. Yeah, and this is a more interesting team. So we'll see what happens. Um, what do you think of Jordan Clarkson saying he'd like to, to be with the Cavs going forward because he likes what they're building? No <laughs> Did I just ruin your evening is my question. No, no, no comment. Okay. Um, what, David, when we as we look at training camp here as a whole, as we wrap this up here, um, what do you, what are just what are just one of the, the th- what are some of the things you're gonna just kind of think about? Um, you want to just kind of see how they play out over the next couple of weeks. I want to see the starters. I mean, like I think, and I, I don't think it, it really matters. I'm not gonna get mad like regardless of what decision gets made. But you know, I'm curious to see. Do, you know, Larry Nance, like you said, the first guy that they sort of had out there he's probably the face of the organization in in some ways in terms of like community relations with him being from there um i don't know i mean i think do they start him do they start tristan um do you know kevin love not only had a full off season but he didn't really play a whole lot last year like you know does he come back energized healthy ready to go Tristan Thompson, full off season. Does he come back energized, ready to go? So I, I'm, I know I'm supposed to care about the young guys, and I do, um, but I, I'm not expecting much of 19 and 20 year olds. Well, I think it is interesting to see what do some of those champions that we that we still have, what do they have left in the tank? So, um, 
not just for what they can do for us now, but you know, if and, and maybe I'm different too. If Tristan Thompson ended up in Philadelphia and he was helping them win games, I'd probably be okay with that. If Kevin Love went to you know Brooklyn or something and was playing with with Kyrie and they sort of had what we thought we might have and 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 cleveland for a little while you know without let's say lebron never came but the Cavs kept Kyrie and traded for kevin love anyway um you know i think there are there are scenarios where some of these guys that that we have connections with um can contend again and and maybe reclaim some of of what made them great so um i think there's there's just there's plenty of storylines that are interesting i mean chetty osmond what is he we, we don't know, but I think this year we, we would start to find out. I, I hope we do. So we'll see. Three weeks from tomorrow, I think it would be, uh, Jet, as we're recording this on, on the 30th, um, Jetty's contract extension deadline is there for his rookie extension, if he's going to get one now. Um, I asked him about it, and he, uh, uh, you know, I'm not going to, like, not that he's going to, like, spill the beans in that setting. I don't know. I didn't expect him to. Um but basically, it was like, yeah, um, I don't. I like Cleveland. I'd like to be here. I don't really know what's going on there. I don't really have an expectation. Okay. Which is interesting. Yeah. I mean, if they could get him for like four and twenty-five or four and twenty-three, twenty-four, um, great. But if yeah. not, let him play into it. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Um, this is going to be a, a big year for him. So I, I would get him maybe betting on myself a little bit. Yeah. I think this for me, it's the starters. Um, and I just want to see uh, of the guys that like we didn't hear from today that, you know, I think they're, I think how the end of the roster shapes out will be interesting. Like I, I just, I was talking about this with a couple people today. Like I think Sindarius Thornwell is like already the best defender on the team. I just can't imagine he doesn't at least get a chance to play to some degree. Like he is just already going to come in and like know how to defend. Um, and I'm, I mean, I would like him to be around because I think he's a really fun interview having talked to him and like had like a very rollicking conversation with that guy, um, before training camp really got started. But I just don't know how, like he doesn't get a chance to play just because he's like probably by a significant margin, the best wing defender on the roster. And I just like, don't know how, I just like wonder what that means and how the Cavs are really going to approach defense because it got brought up several times that like they can't be that bad again. Colin talked about it, Jordan Clarkson talked about it, Tristan talked about it, Nance talked about it. Um, I think Beeline did. Beeline kind of went out of his way to say like they were you know historically bad last year, which is accurate. So how does like a guy like Thornwell, a guy like Henson, um, how does Bickerstaff, how does all that kind of show itself and and how do how how do guys that could help them on defense? kind of maybe get a get a chance to really take them up another notch we'll see and by another notch you mean like 23rd in the nba 25th <laughs> you know no i'm not saying like 15th let's yeah. not let's not get crazy here you know yeah. all right that's going to be it for this episode david and i will be back um shortly in the we're going to be a little more regular thank you to the the people that tweet us and will tweet david because david david's more responsive on 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 there than, than I am these days, but um, I'm going to specifically shout out. I'm going to get his at. I'm going to forget his at. That's why I'm going to. I'm slowly scrolling through my mentions right now. Because uh, uh, Ed Ed Revelator thirty four um, was kind of being very interactive and, and thanking us for. I just want to say thanks to to Ed for for 
reminding us to do this and um, we're gonna be more regular about this i know i've said that a lot but that's actually gonna happen um you'll check out a bunch hey. of stuff if you're the sword we're, we're doing some good stuff i'm pretty happy about this season David. i'm ready to go yeah yeah i think we're in good shape yeah um but that's gonna be it for this episode follow again david on twitter at david zavok um at cwm rights and we'll talk to you again very soon hope you guys enjoyed me today and again check out all that stuff at fearthesword.com <laughs>